can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Yeah. I did a horrible thing the other day. What did you do? A person came into work, and he said, I'm starting a podcast. What kind of microphone do you recommend? And instead of telling him to find God, I showed him a microphone. And I can't, you know, I have to live with that the rest of my life. There was one more straight white man podcasting because of me. Do you know how that feels? How are you going to reflect and do better? I think the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to... I'm not keeping this in. (laughs) (laughs) And take out my friends. (laughs) That one was just for you. You do have to cut that out. So I'm already on a list just for saying it. Say hi to Steve, our FBI guy. Actually, like, wouldn't that be kind of iconic if we got, like, a huge listenership in the Secret Service because they have to monitor? (laughs) Like, that would boost our numbers, right? Yeah, honestly, but it would change our demographics. Yes, all of a sudden there would be um, white men listening to us for the first time, or straight white men listening to us for perhaps the first time. Yeah. If you're a straight white man who listens to this podcast, um, hit me up. I'd like to ask if you're willing to try some things. <laughs> I think I might know something about you that you don't. <laughs> Leave a <laughs> joke. Uh, bleep that one out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you complete creative freedom. I think I'm giving you absolute bullshit, but also maybe bullshit tinged in gold. Yeah. One, two, three, four, go! Falling in love is such an easy thing to do. Let's get to it, please get to it. Let's stop talking, let's get to it. Let's fall in love. Jesse. Aaron. I had to go pick up Chloe from the airport last night. Oh, what a dream. So I looked up. Flex fuel gas stations. Yes. And I found one on the way. It was a Sheets. God bless. Three eighty nine. Three eighty nine? Yeah. That's highway robbery. So I filled up my whole ass tank. I did that in Ohio the other day. Um I found a sheets with flex fuel. Three fifty. Okay, well, I honestly, I did a double take. I did a, (gasps) I looked at the number. I looked at the back of my car. I Googled flex fuel okay, question mark. I went back and forth from the flex fuel logo on my car to the pump. (laughs) I know, and then you, I I, I did it. I filled that fucker to the brim. You open up the gas tank and it's like. Like, there's, like, a special thing on it that's, like, ethanol gas or unleaded gas or whatever, right? Mine did not say that. Oh, really? My, ga- my like, the little thing where you put the spigot in. No, my gas tank just raw dogs all of them. The anxiety I felt. I was in the middle of fucking Ohio. If I got stranded there, I was going to die. Yeah. And then yeah. I put put puttered my way home. And honestly, it was a life-changing experience. I will be seeking out Flex Fuel forever now. Yeah. It is so much cheaper. It was half the cost. I've been getting great mileage. 
Oh my god, yeah, it's cleaner. Yeah. So. My car's dirty ass is no longer polluting our environment as much. It's like getting a bidet for the first time and then farting. <laughs> like, it's still bad, but it's not as bad. Are you speaking from experience? I don't have a bidet. Many men have begged me and I've said no. <laughs> it's all part of the flavor, babe. Um, Just... <laughs> what is wrong? I don't know. Something's broken. Um, cut the part where I said it's part of the flavor. Leave everything else untouched, please. No, can I keep that in, please? You can. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> I haven't had a good night's sleep in three days. <laughs> and why not? Because of Linus? No, because I keep staying up and then getting up early. It's all my own fault. Hmm. Ever since we went to the pool, I've been staying up late and then sleeping past my workouts. So I don't have the energy, I don't have the intensity, I don't have the veracity, I don't have the virility. I notice how you say ever since we went to the pool kind of like you're blaming me? No, I'm blaming the chlorine and the sun exposure. Hmm. I put the L from chlorine, I took it out of the word chlorine, if you notice, and put it in mm -hmm. sun exposure on accident. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I really, was it, like was a, a... it was a brave statement on the fleetingness of summertime. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. Do you remember the last day of Fleets on Twitter? No. Oh. Dicks, tits, and assholes. <laughs> I am so sorry for however this is going to go down this week. Um, I was going to tell you something. How is Chloe? She's great. But now I remember. I helped my friend move yesterday. Oh, yeah. So you were in the pool of friends that they chose from. Right. But I am, you know, having a, a mitts treatment for a back injury. Okay, so you maybe should have said no on that one. Well, I was like, oh, I won't lift anything. And then I'm there for two minutes and I'm bringing a couch down the stairs. I was going to say, do you know yourself? <laughs> I can tell you right now, if you are in that situation, you are lifting every fucking heavy thing you can find. Yeah. Like You're too good-natured and helpful and loving and caring and just too wonderful of a human being. Oh, my God. Stop. Well, that's what I also feel bad too because I know you're um, you're recovering from a back injury and you kind of taking you're kind of lifting this whole damn show and putting it on your back. So you know, but that's a that's a burden I'm willing to willing to carry. No, and that's a burden so, I'm willing to contribute to. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I did help my friend move. I don't know, like you haven't moved like apartments. But when you move apartments and you have, like, all your own furniture and shit. Are you trying to invalidate my experience of moving? No, no, no. Not at all. I'm just saying it's, like, an added level. Because you can you if you want to. No, you, but now you have furniture to move. That's the thing. To it's like... going to be so much. Why do you think I re-signed my lease? I'm not moving yeah. that shit. I know. I'm I... leaving it all here and buying new shit to start with. I hate moving because it gives me anxiety about how many things I own. 
Yes. Which in reality, I own all of my furniture, the books on my shelves, my clothing, and then my kitchen and bathroom stuff. And I like I'm not somebody who has like collections and I don't like, you know, have like a lot of small things to move. But I still have so much anxiety just about owning things. Like, I like to own as few things as possible. Oh, I like to own as many things as possible. This is where we fundamentally differ. Yeah, and that's fine. You know, if you're a maximalist, good for you. I'm a capitalist maximalist. (laughs) I want to spend capital and I want to build. Oh, God. I'm an HBO maxinista, and that one's true. (laughs) HBO Max owns my ass, and for them, I would use the bidet. (laughs) I... Yeah, I just, like, hate the idea of owning things. Like, I, it, it's very comforting to me, the idea that I could essentially pack a duffel bag and leave everything else behind and I'd be okay. You know, I, I'd bring the cats, but, like, ugh. That actually terrifies me. When I moved and I had, like, my whole life in, like, four Rubbermaids, that was the saddest I've ever felt. I was like, wow, if I die, I barely leave a mark on this earth. I want my carbon footprint to be so fucking big. (laughs) It looks like Paul Bunyan's sixth footstep. (laughs) Yeah, so I... Some call it polluting. I call it making my mark on this world. (laughs) I hate owning things. But this friend that I helped move, God bless her, I was like... Name names. At least Q. Okay. Anon. Just kidding. Um, she actually hates it when we Sherna Q, Shadow of the Labyrinth. Yes, we've got it. She loves her little collection. She calls herself a crow because she likes to, like, collect things. And, like, you know, she has a nest of things that she likes. Oh, really? I would have gone with Magpie, personally. I... Will not have any anxiety about how much stuff I own for the next six months. That's good. I'm happy for yeah. you. Moving this can is be so healing. <laughs> Every single book that anybody has ever gifted me that I have read, I immediately sell. Unless I like loved it so much that I'm not, that I don't sell it. If I ever sold a book, that means that I am dead and in the fucking ground. I'll have multiple copies and I'll hold onto those. Nope, not me. My goal is to have a lending library. Like, I love lending books to people and being like, oh, I think you would love this. And then, like, giving them a book from my library that has a little stamp on it that says, from the library of Jesse. The way that I get books is I try to read them from the library first. And then if I really enjoy it and I want to have my own copy to either annotate or, like, it's a graphic novel and I just would want to read it over and over again... Then I buy it. But sometimes people gift me books, which is really nice. Or sometimes I'm at half price books and there's a book for really cheap. At least um, half off. Yeah. or And I do get book of the month, which is like 12 books a year. Anyway, so I read books that I own and then I sell them to half price books. Because God forbid I own something. No, no, no. Sell them to me next time. I'll pay you more than half price books, but still less than market value. All right. Sorry if I seem distracted. I'm playing with Linus's little toesies. So, um, something important happened to me. I went to a movie with a friend from work. 
and mm-hmm. other people were there, and one of them, well, one of them was hot, frankly, and so I did immediately after the film, as I went home, after I got home, um, I spent 30 minutes on Letterboxd reading every one of his reviews trying to figure out if he was gay. Mm. And there's something very powerful about that. Yeah. He did log Love Simon, Call Me By Your Name, and Cats. Okay, so, so at the two of those tell five. me he doesn't have two of those tell me he doesn't have taste, and one of them tells me he does. Taste is cats. Love Simon's fine, but Love Simon, again, that's why he gave it a positive review, which makes me think, you know, maybe a little floppy wristed, but I just think it's really cool when, like, you're threatened to be outed and then your friends get, like, really mad at you, you know? Yeah. At the end of the day, that film showed me it was okay to threaten to out people as long as you're kind of a weird little guy. Yeah. You're really into, like, magic. It's okay to out people. Right. On Tumblr, of all places. Was that on Tumblr? Yeah. Now, this is niche content. (laughs) <laughs> oh one of his favorite films is Lady Bird case oh. closed case, homosexual. case simply closed that's a homosexual right there that man has at least sucked dick yeah. at the very least so at most to... enjoyed it um, anyway <laughs> welcome to Secret Life of Two Gay American Teenagers my name is Aaron I got distracted by that man's review of Chippendale's Rescue Rangers on Letterboxd, but I'm Jesse. Today we will be covering... Season 4. Sorry, I yawned. Today we'll be, we will be covering Season 4, Episode 8, Dancing with the Stars. Why? Is this Alternate... just a cross-promo? Alternative title... Lauren Sings, I guess? Alternative title, Madison is dead and no one cares. <laughs> God is dead and Madison has killed him. I, can I tell you, as I watched that scene, I thought to myself, what the hell, she's singing? And then I thought to myself, oh, I wasn't paying attention, she's not singing, it's just the background music. And then I looked back, and I'm like, oh, no, she's singing. She's fully singing. Yeah, fully. Fully. Just belting out a tune. And yep. having a lot of fun with it. And, um, and in light of that, I do propose, again, we shift um, alternate theme to alternate song that Lauren sang. <laughs> if you're cool with that. Unless Is you this... had a good alternate theme lined up. Brenda Hampton has seen the success of Glee at this point. That's what whoever showed Brenda Hampton Glee needs to be frankly put in the stocks. <laughs> so they can the take stock, stock market. of what they've done. <laughs> this episode is directed by Gail Brady. Nope, Gail Bradley. Who the hell is that? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Brenda Hampton's scissor sister. <laughs> That's really inappropriate. (laughs) What? They have matching scissors. 
I'm gonna start a crafting quilt and prayer group called the Scissor Sisters, <laughs> just to see how that goes. <laughs> so it was written by Brenda Hampton. This episode aired to 2.35 million viewers. You know, some could say that we are on a nosedive. You mean like the viewership of the show or just like us personally? (laughs) Both. (laughs) Because I personally have been on a nosedive. (laughs) Um, It aired on August 1st, 2011. Oh my gosh. That's like 15 days from my birthday. Uh, is in 2011 you would be turning what 18 how old do you think i am <laughs> fuck you <laughs> 35 on august august of 2011 i would have been you were turning 15 it's just really hateful for you to make me do math like this. Like I just told you what it was. You were born all in 1996. I know is homophobia is real, and I've experienced it. And now that I've experienced it, I'd like to say... I don't think the dick is worth. <laughs> you were born in 1996, so in 2011 you were turning 15. What? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I... Have you ever heard of heat exhaustion? Yes. Yeah, I don't have that, but, like, I'm still really tired. I'm triggered by heat exhaustion. Why? Do you have that? No, because that's what happened to my friend when we were in Washington, D.C. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about and we that. Had, there was two ambulances and an ER trip later. Plus, I had to talk to all those cops. Would it make you feel better if I told you? Do you are you going to share your biblical context? You have not asked me up to this point. Don't act like I've been postponing. Well, you can take initiative, you know. My biblical context for August first, twenty eleven, comes from my favorite news source, People Magazine, and it's called Star Tracks. Monday, August first, twenty eleven. Okay, Slay. Floating the boat, Rihanna gets into the hometown spirit Monday, donning an itty-bitty red bikini and headdress during the Catamount Day Parade in her native Barbados. Spitting image, a newly single Jennifer Lopez puts family first, taking three-year-old twins, Emmy and Max, not pictured, to the local park in Atlanta, Georgia, where she is filming What to Expect When You're Expecting. Layover. Now that Jennifer Aniston has unloaded her Beverly Hills home, she and Bo Justin Thoreau enjoy a couple's getaway in Hawaii on Sunday. Justin Thoreau, famous um, prime minister in Canada. Yes. Maternity wear. What a sweet sensation. Jessica Alba takes her growing belly to the L.A. premiere of her latest movie, Spy Kids, all the time in the world in 4D on Sunday. The sequel, opening August 19th. We'll step it up a notch by letting audiences smell the action. Oh, I remember when they were doing that. Um, I love People Magazine. It's so nothing. Yeah. Um, that was great. Thank you for sharing all those snippets. Oh, there's more. Well. Okay. 
I'm not going to read them, but there's more. Oh, okay, great. So... There's one that you do need. Coif drop. Diana Agron shows off her brand new bangs on Friday during a shopping trip in L.A. I did need that one. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. I just I was looking to see if there's anything that would interest you in that one. Um, jumped out. Yeah. And that's all I've got for you. Diana Agron is very hot, though. Ugh, I want to watch Shiva Baby again. Yeah, me you too. Watch... I own it on Apple Movies. I own so it on you. Apple Movies. Because we had to buy it. <laughs> That was really powerful. And then we saw it in the film. In the film town. In the theater. That was a neat little theater. I'd like to go back there someday. Moving on. What's your biblical context? Okay. Listen. I've been into the drama lately. I did just finish Normal Gossip. And I'm really sad about it because there is nothing I love more. Then a wee little bit of gossip that doesn't involve me. And some could say a scandal. Ooh. You know? You're famous for starting scandals. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, so I'm very interested in scandals and cheating right now. Just in general as a concept. Okay, so this is the part Chloe should have skipped. No, cheating as in on tests. Oh, okay. So from August 1st, 2011, from the New York Times, it says, in Pennsylvania, suspicious erasing on state exams at 89 schools. And I was like, oh, tell me more. I live in Pennsylvania. You do. People don't talk about that enough. You do live in Pennsylvania. I do, unfortunately. PA joins Pittsburgh on the... How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) PA joins states facing a school cheating scandal. It basically just talks about... um, Where is this? A total of 89 schools, 28 in Philadelphia, had been flagged by the state for, among other things, an improbably high number of erasures, as well as questionable gains on reading and math tests. Mr. Blah blah blah, data fanatic calculated that at some of these schools, the odds that the erasures had happened randomly were one in a hundred trillion. Never before have we seen, never before have so many had so much reason to cheat. Student scores are now used to determine whether teachers and principals are good or bad, whether teachers should get a bonus or be fired, whether a school is a success or a failure. I would say that's a failure of the system. Yeah, it's almost like we should be teaching kids so they learn, not teaching them to unimportant metrics. Yeah. But then, so then it talks about, uh, for places that are serious about exposing cheating, there's a new gold standard, Atlanta. Um, Last August, the governor governor decided once and for all he was going to get to the bottom of things and appointed two former prosecutors to oversee an inquiry. 60 of Georgia's finest criminal investigators spent 10 months on it. You know, instead of other things. Yeah, I bet they solved it too, right? Because that's what they do. (laughs) Well, in the end, turning up a major cheating scandal involving 178 teachers and principals, 82 of whom confessed at 44 Atlanta schools, nearly half the district. 
Okay, um, kings and queens, one and all. Nah, honestly. But that's just, like, fucking wild. cheating. Okay. And for me, that does include relationships. (laughs) Right, non-ethical non-monogamy. Yes. Oh my god. Was there a cheating scandal in your high school? There was once this kid in my keyboarding class in um, sixth grade um, was caught. He uh, the test was on the home row. What letters were in it? And he was caught having written the letters in pen on his hand, um, and then like pretending to like shield his paper. Um, and then when the teacher um, asked him to show his hand. Um, got caught and told to like stay after but then um when he got talked to he started crying and said that he'd written it on his hand to study um is this and it you just didn't fully erase um and it was obviously a bullshit story the teacher knew that the kid knew that but they kind of just like it was kind of a his word against his he had to retake the test he aced that shit um and then was told just make sure if you're studying like you you erase it all because it looked very suspicious That sixth grader grew up to become a gay podcast host. <laughs> what are the odds? Two in one town. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. My <laughs> senior year, I was president of NHS. And we did have to kick out like half of the junior class members of NHS. Because... Oh my god. <laughs> they cheated on him... Uh, pre-calculus exam and they like didn't do it in a very smart way because they did it over fucking snapchat that's so funny and anyway that was like really fun to be like our nhs just went from like 44 members to 28 yeah yeah but honestly have i have you ever cheated on anything can you stop doing whatever the fuck you're doing? <laughs> Stretching? Oh, it looks like you're trying to, like, show me your tits. I'm calling HR. <laughs> what was the question? Have you ever cheated other than that? So, I, I have a confession. Um, the keyboarding story was about me. <laughs> No way. I I know it's shocking. I've always been such an upright, um, in many ways, person. Um, would you say that you're an upright citizen's brigade? Some would say. Um, but also, high school biology, we were cheating all the time. <laughs> we had a test where we had to label dissected portions of rats. The teacher, he left the answer key out on accident at one of the stations. Me and Jake, whose last name shall remain nameless, um, saw it there. And then we just all chained the answers together. You know, like one of us would do, copied it from the guide, and then we just would give it to each other as we, because we had to walk around the lab tables to label all this shit. Of course we were cheating. Of course. That is so funny. We cheated all the time in school. My junior year of high school, my chemistry teacher 
um, got in a really bad car accident and she was out for like two months and they didn't hire like a long-term sub or anything. So we had a different sub every day and we would just do these like fucking worksheets. And then one of the other chemistry teachers came in and was like, hey, I'm going to give you a test that I gave my class. It's not going to count towards your grade, but like we want to see like kind of how you are learning the material comparatively because like you don't have a teacher right now. So, so obviously we took this- not well. We took this test, everyone like fucking failed it. And then he's like, well, we are going to count this test towards your grade. Like what an asshole. So then he was like, well, you, your class can have like a second opportunity to take it. And then we were all like fucking cheating on the second exam because we're like. Yeah, that's such a failing of the school. And it's being internalized as a failing of you all for not being able to learn by working on your own while an adult sits in the room. Yeah. That's really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry that happened to you. Me too. Um, also, I did cheat in calculus in college. Not on purpose, but let's just say I had some previous year's exams. And the professor did not change said exams. Let's just say I had to go pee a lot during exams. <laughs> and my phone has Wi-Fi access. <laughs> That's the oh, thing is, favorite... once I changed... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say my favorite form of cheating back in high school was going up to sharpen a pencil and just looking at everyone else's papers. <laughs> it's like, oh what? no, the tip broke again. <laughs> okay, A, B, C, D. <laughs> once I That's changed... my ASMR. Okay, continue. <laughs> once I changed majors from a STEM major to like you know, business accounting. Like, business classes are all bullshit. They give you an exam and, like, every answer is, like, continuous improvement. Report to HR. That sounds horrible. What does that degree do? Why do I have to have that? (laughs) That degree does absolutely nothing. Like, I have not learned a single... Like, I I don't remember a single thing I learned in any of my business classes. Do you have a business degree? Yeah. What was your degree in? Business, minor in accounting, and I have a minor in psychology. Really? Really. That's why I thought you were an accountant for years. Yeah. Okay, cool. We're good. Yeah, I took like all the hardest classes for accounting. Why would you do that? Because I was going to be an accounting major, and then I said, oh, if I change my major to business, I can actually... Get the fuck out of here. That's huge. A whole year early. Because business is a bullshit degree. And then I became a social worker. So, you know. That's really powerful. I know. Hey, should we talk about this episode? I don't want to. Honestly, should we just shoot the shit? Nothing happens in this episode. No one would lose anything. I don't think so. (laughs) I had to try. What? What? What'd you say? I said I don't think so. Like, I don't think anybody would care. Oh, okay. See, I always think that, and then I look at our stats, and the episode that's just Get to Know Us has um, thousands (laughs) less (laughs) listens than any other one. Yeah, that's true. So we do have to at least touch on the episode, because people don't like us as much as we think they do, unfortunately. Yeah. 
it's really yeah. sad because I'm always like, oh, they listen to this because they think we're awesome. And in reality, it's like, oh, they listen to this because they think the show's really good. Right. Huge Brenda Hampton stands. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, the so... Um, was hitting me up the other day when I tried to... The B-hole is the Brenda Hampton stands, just in case you... Oh, okay. Oh my god, wait, Brenda Hampton? I got my dick sucked in a Hampton Inn! Wow! <laughs> Connection! <laughs> just kidding. It was a uh, Days in. It was a Motel 6. <laughs> and not in a room. It was just kind of um, behind your room. <laughs> Someone knocked on the window and was like, hey, we're trying to sleep. I was like, you want to join? It was like, no, I'm here for business. And I'm like, well, sometimes you can mix business and pleasure. Then I got poison oh nettle God. on my ass. <laughs> oh, I'm tired. sorry. I didn't realize chlamydia was funny to you. <laughs> Do you think it's cool that it burns every time I piss? You could get medicine for that. No, this is my penance. <laughs> I'm repenting to God by letting the chlamydia ravage my system. Jesus Christ. <laughs> when you fuck outside a Motel 6, you don't get crabs, you get rats. That's the show, everyone. <laughs> and that's what you missed on Glee. <laughs> okay. Falling in love. What if that was the cold open? What if we just put the theme in right there? <laughs> that whole thing. That whole thing. The first 45 minutes. It'll be just like um, Oscar-nominated film, Drive My Car. Do this. Yeah, please. I need to get out of here. I have a hard out at 9.30. So, we start at the Bowman house. Grace is carrying two glasses of orange juice into her room. Jack offers to help. Daniel has slept over. Jack has a question for Grace. Daniel comes out to supervise the question is essentially, will you go to this senior dance with me or help me find a date? I remember back when Jack could pull any lady he wanted. Yeah, I think honestly he just like hasn't really been trying. I think he has a touch of the depression. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he just misses his dad too much. Yeah. So... 
Daniel is like, why would you ask Grace in front of me? And Jack's like, well, because we're friends. And Daniel's like, no, you have me mistaken for Grant. Like, we're not friends. Then we go into Grace's bedroom with Daniel and Grace. He doesn't want to get freaky with her on her childhood bed. That's respectful, honestly. I always think it's wild when your childhood bed is like a full-size bed. Yeah, my childhood bed, like, I had to eventually get a new bed because I was kind of bending my knees off the end of it. (laughs) Yeah, my childhood bed was bunk beds. Until I graduated high school. Twin size bunk beds. That's beautiful. I always wanted bunk beds. Yeah. I didn't have anyone to share them with, but... You have a sibling. He does. He had, he had his own room. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Bourgeoisie over here. We had one bathroom. Okay. That sucks. So Daniel wants Grace to stay over at his place that night. We go to the condo. Adrian enters after her walk. How many times do you think she listened to Rolling in the Deep? Um, well, never fully, because she does cut it right before it gets to the pre-chorus. Mm-hmm. She's trying to learn the lyrics, but she has an audio processing disorder, so she has to keep starting it over. I say this from experience, unfortunately. <laughs> she's auditioning for Glee, but she also can't read, so she's trying to learn the songs <laughs> in advance. Leah Michelle, come on the pod. We want to interview you. Leah Michelle. We'll send you the questions in advance. (laughs) That's so mean. (laughs) We'll read you the questions in advance. (laughs) We'll send you an audio clip of us asking the questions and you can just respond to them in your own time. (laughs) So... Adrian asks Ben how he slept. He does not reciprocate. And then she's like, we're friends. Can we go to this senior dance together? And he's like, okay. Wait. He's watching the dumbest fucking cartoon. Okay, good. I thought you were going to breeze past it. He's not watching a cartoon. He's watching like a poorly drawn flash animation of like a fucking ball of fur with arms that just like hoity-toity back and forth. Like, um... Like a gold miner. Yes. It is a nightmare. All we see of this cartoon is this character just swinging his arms and looking like, ooh. Yeah. And the whole time, Ben's just like, <laughs> He took a tab of acid, let me tell I you. I love this one. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most disturbing thing I've seen in my life. This is from a Yorgos Lanthimos film. This is a killing of a sacred deer to me. So... Then we go to Ricky and Amy's apartment. Ricky comes out with Sleepy John. He has to go downstairs to work. Amy wants him to ask her to the dance. Ricky does not want to go. And Amy does. All right. We go to the theme. What's your theme? What's yours? Mine is the hit Glee classic. I'm not going to teach your boyfriend how to dance. How dare you? That's a bad version of a good song. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, it's not that good. 
the original song is one of the best songs ever made and that glee version when i heard it that's when i stopped watching glee that's when i was like i can't do this anymore i mean i don't think it's like the worst song they ever did right it's not what does the fox say that song deserves so much more (laughs) maybe if they would have taken it seriously it would have gone better they put their whole glussy into that song let me tell you (laughs) their collective (laughs) glussy Is Glussy their Glee Bussy? Yeah, they're Glussy. The Glee Castussy. What's your alternative theme? It's a good thing Leah Michelle didn't put her old pussy into it, though. Otherwise, Jonathan Groff would still not know what they look like. (laughs) Is that his name? No, who was it? Yeah, Jonathan Groff. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) Take out the part where I second-guessed myself. I'm really good at this. You've given me complete uh, creative freedom for this episode, which means that I am going to leave in all your mistakes, but I'm also going to leave in the part where you dox me. Good. What's your alternative theme? My alternative theme is um, the sound of cicadas. Like ambient noise? I just like, you know, when like a cicada swarm pops up after seven years, they fuck each other and then they die? Yeah. I want that sound. Just cicadas while the title spears title <laughs> sequence goes. That sounds great. I just want a constant buzzing. And then so, I like that buzzing to continue long after the theme ends and I want it to drown out everything that is said. Yeah, I think that's fair. So we go to the butcher shop after the theme. Ricky and Bunny are talking about, like, Nora and what happened with Leo. They don't have specifics. Then Nora comes in and Bunny's like, I knew something happened. Ricky wants to be left out of this. Amy comes down with John. She's leaving to do laundry. Ricky offers to help and Bunny's like, wow, I wish you would help me. Bitch, he works there. Yeah, what the hell was that about? Bunny getting a little coy. Yeah. Then Nora off screen is like yelling at a customer. Bunny goes to take care of it. She gives this guy his stuff for free. Seems like this guy was being an asshole. Honestly, good for Nora. Well, that's the thing. I think we should be... Customer service people should be allowed to yell at customers. As someone who's done it, I think it's really freeing. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think I've ever yelled at a customer. I haven't yelled, but I have given a stern tone. Nora, okay, Bunny comes in. She gives this guy his stuff for free. Nora's like, I'm worthless. Fire me. And Ricky's like, can I talk to Nora alone? They go outside. She takes out a cigarette, tries to start smoking a little ciggy. A little ciggy, ciggy, yes, ciggy, wiggy. And he's like, "Uh uh-uh, not in front of the kids. You'll make me want to start smoking. And it's like, all right, Ricky. That was hot. I hate to say. Hit your jewel. What was hot? Him telling her not to smoke or the idea of him smoking? Both. <laughs> there's nothing hotter than standing against smoking, but there's unfortunately also nothing hotter than smoking. Yeah. So Ricky's talking to Nora outside and he says, I take it you fell off the wagon because everyone has just decided to use this vernacular. All the teens in the show speak like they're in a talkie in 1920. 
I do want to say she did not she did not so much fall off the wagon as Ben lifted her off of the ba- the back of the wagon and threw her off. That's so true. Like Ben she repeatedly tried to send the wine away and Ben was like, "No. We're keeping it. Isn't yeah. this a sign from the universe?" Yeah. Like you can't do that to someone struggling with addiction. So, Ricky says I take it you fell off the wagon. She said, did you expect that I wouldn't? And he said, I hoped that you wouldn't. I try not to have any expectations, so I don't have any disappointments. And then he's like, are you okay? And she says, what do you care? And he says, you're my mother. You haven't always been a mother to me, but you're my mother and I care. And then essentially they like start arguing about what her next step should be. And he gives her an ultimatum to like either get cleaned up or stop knowing him. Mm. So... Then we go to the condo. There's a knock at the door. Adrian gets it. Ben is just watching a stupid little show. It's Leo. And he wants to have a conversation with Ben about exactly what happened with Nora. And Ben is like, I don't know what happened. You know, some like orders got mixed up. Next thing I knew, she was drunk. And it's like, no, you're leaving off, you little weasel. You're leaving out your entire involvement where you base where she tried to send the wine away immediately. And you uh, repeatedly, like, told her, no, we're going to drink. We're going to drink. Yeah. I'm going to drink. You're going to drink. We're all going to drink. That's... Especially, like, it's... Okay, it would be something if Ben was, like, over the age of 21. Yeah. And he ordered a glass of wine, which, like, depending on who, the sober person you're with, some people are, like, happy to let you do that, and they actually prefer that than, like, you, like quote-unquote tiptoe around them and some sober people are like actually i'd prefer it if you didn't do that and both of those are valid it's within your company ben is not 21 no legally he cannot drink that wine well and he's also not saying i'm gonna drink it he's saying like we should in a way right didn't he or didn't he no it was like he was gonna drink it oh okay never mind then but it's just like you're not even in a position where like you can legally drink that in this restaurant. Yeah. So and you stopped her from sending it away right away. Right. So honestly, Ben, you're an asshole and yeah. I hate you. Own your part in it. Don't skirt accountability. It's like absolutely wild to me that to get compassion for people who struggle with addiction he has to like find out this thing about his mother which leo tells him leo tells ben that he had to fire nora that like she knows too much about the business and he can't have her getting drunk and like telling people illegal i was gonna say you can't do that right like that's not a thing you can you can't discriminate on that can you no okay cool um leo then tells ben that like his mom was an alcoholic and so were her parents and she was got sober after her parents passed and they died in a drunk driving accident and he like doesn't want ben to drink because he is like extra susceptible to perhaps becoming an alcoholic and leo's like i didn't want to tell you this because it would like ruin your memories of your mother but i think this is important information just to know in terms of like family history well also in terms of like making the decision whether or not to drink you know what i mean yeah and also like the fact that leo's not telling 
Ben is like adding a layer of shame to this thing that doesn't really, I mean, it's already stigmatized, but it doesn't need to be. So then we go to the guest house. Tom is like talking up Milton to the kids by like setting, you know, kind of some realistic expectations of like, he'll grow on you, whatever. Milton comes in wearing a clown costume and the kids are scared. What the hell was that about? I don't know. I cannot, I could not answer that for you. So then we go to the Jurgen house. Amy is doing laundry at the kitchen table. Ruben comes in in his boxers. Amy screams, Ruben screams, John mocks both of them. And don't worry, Amy's voice is going to sound like shit for the rest of this episode, but we know it's because she screamed in this one scene. Oh, I think I got him. I just lost my voice. Yeah, she screams and says, oh my God, I think I lost my voice immediately. And it's like... Brenda Hampton said, you do not get a sick day. You are under my employ and bitch, you will work through it. This episode is too important. This episode where nothing happens, we cannot postpone shooting a single day. You know they were recording seven episodes in a day. I don't want to be an asshole, but I truly think Amy's part in this episode could be played by a broom with a wig. Was the broom with the wig be slaying? Yeah. Okay, then yes, I agree. (laughs) So... We find out that Ruben got kicked out by Cindy last night. It isn't his first night being kicked out. And Amy's like, well, I hope like you guys work it out. And Ruben says this thing where he says, parents have problems. They're just people, you know, it's not a reflection on the children. The problems would happen regardless, which I think is a good, you know, that's like a good foil to whatever the fuck George said last episode of the episode before where he was like, our marriage would have been great if we didn't have kids, you know, they fucked it up. Well, you know, again, it's it's like you said with the like the alcohol thing. It depends on the situation. Some people's kids do fuck up their marriage, and some people's kids aren't at fault. You know, like right. it all depends on your system situation. Yeah, yeah. So then we go to Adrian's or like Cindy and Ruben's house. Adrian's there with Cindy, um, and they're discussing the senior dance. And Ruben comes in and there's like just fucking weird ass vibes between Cindy and Ruben and Adrian is like picking up on it. And she's like, whatever, I'm going to go talk to Amy because I saw her car in the driveway. Cindy and Ruben talk to each other and they're like, so, so sorry about everything. Love you. Love you. And then he's like, Adrian looks good. And Cindy's like, yeah, she came over to look for some things for the dance. And then she's like, she's not going to like nothing's going to fit her, you know. And Ruben's like, yeah, but at least she's not a fat slob anymore, you know? She's been walking. Hate it. (laughs) Your body changes when a person is pregnant. I learned that from a really, you know, insightful person on Instagram. Chloe and I quote this to each other all the time because there's this person that I follow on Instagram and she posted something that she really thought was profound, but really all she said was like, your body changes when you're pregnant. And it's like... That's honestly so profound. (laughs) I never knew that. Well, I'm glad, you know, she... I'll send you the post later. 
Please. Um, so you can learn a little bit more. But your body changes when you're pregnant and you you were not supposed to go back to your like pre-baby body like ever, really. No, it, your body has fundamentally changed. It's seen shit that you couldn't believe. Right. So then they start talking about like their senior dance, Cindy and Rubens, and that's when Cindy got pregnant with Adrian. So they're like, well, I hope like Adrian doesn't get pregnant again, you know, whatever. We go back to the Jurgens house. Amy and Adrian are talking about like the senior dance and senior like rites of passages anyway. And Amy's talking about how Ricky's not really into that kind of thing, which is honestly fine. Yes. Who in this show are seniors and who are juniors? Okay. I believe Amy, Grace, Amy, Grace, Ben, Ben, no, yeah, Ben, Madison, Lauren. Yeah, their respective posses. All juniors. Jack, Ricky, Adrian, seniors. Okay. Daniel in college. Kathleen Milf. Allison Henry dead in an unmarked (laughs) grave. Oh, R.I.P. Allison Henry. (laughs) What was that? That was a half a heart. Oh. I don't know what the hell this is. I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, so... Okay. Ricky, so Ricky's not into this senior stuff. Adrian pulls up 80-year-old John to sit in her lap. This baby's supposed to be two. He's fucking four years old. Yes, and they will not let him talk. No. Um, and she's she, like, whispers something where she says, like, can't wait till Ben and I have a baby. And then she realizes she said it out loud and she makes eye contact with Amy. And she's like, someday does not really cover her tracks. No. So then we go to the Bowman kitchen. Kathleen's in there. Daniel and Grace come down. And Grace gets a call from Amy. So she leaves in the other room. And Daniel, like, has this conversation with Kathleen where he's like, can Grace sleep over tonight? And Kathleen's like, yeah. um, But, like, respectfully, please don't fuck my daughter in your apartment tonight. And Daniel says, that's a promise I just can't make. (laughs) I am going to fuck your daughter in my apartment tonight. Um, Most permissive parents in the world on this show, I've got to say. Absolutely. Ashley fucked off across the country. No one's seen or heard from her in weeks. Grace is sleeping over at a college boyfriend's dorm. Where is Kathleen's husband? In Africa, obviously. (laughs) Are they still together? Kind of, technically. What are those Skype conversations like? It is entirely phone sex and they do not discuss <laughs> anything else <laughs> so there's a phone call with amy and grace that we get to see where amy is like i think adrian is thinking about having a baby with ben and grace is like i know right you have to warn ben i tried to and i got it caught by adrian and um grace or amy is like i can't fucking do that i'll tell ricky 
<laughs> and Grace is like, well, if you tell Ricky, can you also tell him that Jack is looking for a date yes. for the dance? Such a funny add-on. <laughs> like, there's this really serious thing that Ricky needs to, you need to talk to Ricky about. But also, like, Jack's kind of lonely. Yeah. Also, during this phone call, Amy says this line where she's like, why do you sound weird? Because Grace is, like, whispering. Oh, my God. And she's like, I sound weird because I have a frog in my throat. It's like, babe, we remember. Yeah. <laughs> also, we can tell. Okay, so then we go to the, the Bowman kitchen. The only time that Secret Life cares about continuity. Yeah, truly. <laughs> um. Then, we, then we're back in the Bowman kitchen. Tom and Milton come in, talk to Kathleen. They're looking for makeup remover for Milton's whole fucking getup. We go to the butcher shop. Ben and Nora have a conversation where Ben's like, it's not my fault. And Nora's like, well, it's not your fault. But, like, couldn't you have, like, grabbed the glass or the bottle or, like, done fucking something and not been such a weenie? Or couldn't you have, like... Couldn't you have, like, let me send the bottle away? Yeah. And then Ricky comes up and he wants to talk to Ben. And Ben's like, not today. And Bunny tells Ricky to drop it. And then reveals to Ricky that Leo called Ben's having a hard day because he found out about his mom being an alcoholic, whatever. Amy comes in. Ricky leaves to help bring the laundry upstairs. They're in the apartment, Ricky and Amy. And Ricky asks after his mom, like, did Amy see his mom outside? She didn't see him. And Ricky says, she fell off the wagon. And Amy says, she's D-R-U-N-K. And Ricky says, not now. She got D-R-U. Why are we smelling? He doesn't know what drunk is, insinuating that, you know, John's an idiot, which... Which we've seen him. Yeah. <laughs> the incomprehension of a two-year-old. <laughs> um, Amy says, I don't want him to know what drunk is. She says, what happened? Okay, blah, blah, blah. She went out with Ben. Amy says, poor Nora, she was doing so well. And Ricky says, long as she's done that well, I guess I should have been paying more attention. And then he's like, what am I saying? It wasn't my fault. She's responsible for her own problems. Ricky, in some ways, I'm very proud of him for, like, understanding that, like, things, like, he has, a he has like, a line in this episode, too, with, like, something with, like, Ben, like, Ben and him being friends. Like, he's, like, learning to know what is his fault and what is not his fault in relationships and like understanding that things are about other people usually than like about him but also he like has this fucked up like bootstrap mentality also where it's like well community matters like looking out for each other matters but like you can only do so much but like don't completely wash your hands of it you know yes yes. he also is only 18 so yeah but, you know, the writers of the show are a little bit older. Well, the writers of the show um, also have the reading comprehension of a two-year-old, unfortunately. That's, that's true. That's very true. Um, Amy tells Ricky, like, she's like, did Ben... Well, she asks Ricky. She says, did Ben get drunk, too? I really hope he's not drinking and getting drunk every night. Otherwise, he's, like, really going to get Adrian pregnant again. And then they have this conversation where... Amy's like, you have to talk to Ben because Adrian's trying to do this. And he's like, how do you know that? And she's like, well, you know, like, Adrian got this look in her eyes. And Ricky's like, you're basing this all off of a look in her eyes. And then Amy's like, well, no, but then I called Grace. And he's like, 
Now why would you do that? What is it with you girls? You gals always chatting and discussing things and whatnot. And Amy's like, um, we're girls. This is the idea of gossip. Like, it truly keeps each other, like, that, it's like a whisper network to keep each other safe in a lot of, like, situations. That's like, it's thing. a good and thing. Yeah, gossip was only demonized because it's a traditionally feminine activity. And because exactly. it took down the men at large, because it was how women kept themselves safe. Yeah. From those who would harm them. Yeah. Um, so, but Amy I've been is bad like, on well, Gossip Girl true and that is um how gossip how far gossip has fallen because gossip girls like oh chuck bass wants to sexually assault this 12 year old girl i'm gonna comment on it but i'm not gonna do anything to stop it Mm -hmm. yeah so he he says what is it with you girls she says we're girls and then this is where she mentioned she's like also do you know anybody who like jack could take the dance so funny so funny so then they're talking again about like if adrian gets pregnant again and amy is like really concerned about ben getting trapped and this is the this is the part i was thinking of where ricky says he wasn't trapped in the first place like he had choices and he chose to get married thank you which is like great we love recognizing things Good job, Ricky. This but is then the he year says, of realizing things, you know? If he's stupid enough to get her pregnant again, then that's his problem, which is like, well. All right. Um, Amy says, yeah, and the baby's problem. Babies can't help who their parents are. And Ricky says, parents can't help who their kids are either. They can only do so much, you know? We can only do our best to raise John to be a good man. And that's all we can do. And that may not be enough. And Amy says, but he'll have a much better chance if we do the best we can together. Yeah, cute. Be on a team. Then Ricky says... Also normalizing and admitting that your children sometimes suck. Yeah. And then Ricky says, don't make me take you to that dance. Where did that come from? Whatever. Can I tell you, this episode has the worst cut to commercial scenes I've seen in any television show. Yeah. commercial comes right after this so abruptly. And there's another time later where it's even more abrupt. To the point where I thought my television was broken. I thought, I'll tell you, never mind, I'll wait till we're there. Okay, so then we go to the guest house. Milton is teaching Ronnie and Bonnie how to play poker. Tom then takes the kids to go get cookies from Kathleen. And Milton and Rachel are like, let's go on a date. He, he, he. Um, he says something about, you know, just going out the two of them. And Rachel says, like, Grandma Kathleen will look after the kids. And he says, you're calling that broad in there, Grandma? Sorry, that's no broad. That's Tom's mother. And she says, I'm going to have to work on you, but not too much. Yes, girl. Take on a project. (laughs) You can change him. You can fix him, girl. Yes. We go to Daniel's apartment. They're, um, Daniel and Grace are eating dinner. They have a weird convo about wanting to marry, like wanting to want to marry each other. These fucking people are obsessed with wanting to want to marry. I honestly, when I date someone, I want to not want to marry them. <laughs> um, he says, we don't have to have sex. And Grace is like, ugh, my mom talked to you. Then they talk about, like, if Jack can take Grace to the dance as a friend, and Daniel's like, no. Cool. We we go to Ben's bedroom. Nora's lying down in his bed. She's definitely not drunk. 
And then she's like, well, I had a beer. And then she's like, well, okay, I had more than one beer. And Ben sits down on the bed and he says, hi, my name is Ben and I don't want to be an alcoholic. Then he shares with Nora about his mom. And she says, even if you don't have like a history of alcoholism in your family, like you could be the first person. It... I guess I kind of get what the show's trying to do here, but I think they're doing it very poorly. Yeah. They think this is, like, a cute thing. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Like, all the portrayals of alcoholism and addiction on this show are wild. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So then, like, downstairs, Leo and Ricky are talking to each other. Leo tells Ricky that he can't hire Nora back in the office and also that he hired her from the butcher shop because she drank today. Again, you definitely can't do that, right? You can't not only fire her once for that, but fire her twice? Yeah. Then um, they talk about, like, Leo's like, oh, I drink every once in a while, but I never get drunk. And it's like, buddy, we've, like, every time we see you, you do have a drink in your hand, but. um, Yeah. And Ricky doesn't like to drink because he, like, and I think that's fine. He has, like, trauma around that. Yeah. Leo wants Ricky to be a friend of Ben, and Ben's, and Ricky's like, I don't even know how to do that, but, you know, I'll try. Then Ricky tells Leo, he's like, I need to tell you this, Amy's making me, essentially. Adrian wants to get pregnant again. Why? Don't um, tell Leo that, of all people. He's gonna take it to Ruben, and they're gonna counsel a dad's it up. Yeah. <laughs> We go to the Bowman household. Jack is leaving. It's 11 p.m. And Kathleen's like, where are you going at 11 p.m.? And he's like, that's when the parties start. And she's like, all right, bye. Drive safe. Again, most permissive, like ludicrous levels of just permissiveness. Yeah. Nary a rule to be found. This was the scene that this entire season has been building to, though, I will say. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. So I need yes. you fully here to discuss what happens next, so I hope I you can pause for this, a second. The pinnacle. Get on your game. So Jack talks about how he needs a date to this dance, and then is like, Kathleen, um... I don't know if maybe, like, you would be interested. He doesn't even say it like that, but he uh, he asks Kathleen to the dance. And she's like, oh, <laughs> no. Oh, like, no, we can only honey. pretend to date when Sweet we're honey. in the house. Yeah. We can't do anything We can't public. take our little affair public. That will yeah. end both of our careers. Minus. So, Sorry, so, he opened the door and I have cat poison all over out there. Um, so can we imagine for a second a world in which Kathleen said yes no I don't even want to what was Jack thinking would happen I don't know also we have to get through this because I do need to go to bed yes okay sorry um so Daniel and Grace come home he kisses her goodnight he leaves 
And Grace is like, hee hee hee, we're going to play the waiting game for sex. That's Even though they already game. fucked. Yeah. So then we go to the condo. Adrian is in lingerie with candles absolutely everywhere. Fire hazard. Mm-hmm. She's like, talks about having sex with Ben. He And he like, kind of, you kind of get the vibe that he knows what she's trying to do, but you don't know for sure. Yeah, I didn't like this. There's some sick and, sec- psychosexual games going on between the two of them. Yeah, I'm not a fan. He insinuates that he doesn't want to have sex with Adrian. Okay. We go to the apartment. Ricky is asleep. Amy's like, what the fuck? I just showered and you already fell asleep. He's tired, okay? And then yeah. she's like, we haven't done anything on our new bed yet. And he says, oh, all right. <laughs> and he says, I'll do it if I don't have to take you to that dance. Babe, it obviously love- means a lot to her. Just do it. Yeah. And he says, you don't even know what the theme is. The theme is like, teens are the parents of tomorrow. So fucking funny. So <laughs> fucking funny. And she gets so concerned. She's like, what? Who chose that theme? Why would yeah. they do that? Because they don't want us there. He's fucking, yeah. He's just lying uh, through his ass. I respect that so much. Yeah, he talks about how they won't find a babysitter. And it's like, as if Margaret and uh, Shaker wouldn't jump at the chance to watch John for the night. Oh, they would love that so much. Yeah. Um, And he says, if you love me, you won't make me do this. And she says, if you love me. And it's like, oh, I love that. That's awesome. Yes. I love proving your love in those ways it's very healthy and it never turns out bad no not at all so then we go like commercial break we come back we're at the uh gym for this dance i fully thought it was like a new episode i thought like i missed the end of the episode this was the the ending that was like a commercial break Mm-hmm. what there was no transition. It almost felt like they got cut off mid-sentence. Yeah. It... <laughs> yeah. So, also, like, what a fucking lame-ass dance. There's no chicken dancing. Oh, baby. Do you have chicken dance at your high school dances? I'm talking... I'm referring to Wilhelmina Pink. You can deflect if you want, but it's okay. Some people's <laughs> high school dances were bad. We didn't have dances. We only had prom. Why is this a senior dance and not a prom? Uh, that's a good question. Is it because that would have given a hint of where in the school year we are? Yeah. So, also very impressive that they could scrounge around 17 extras for this for this scene. They put out an open casting call saying, we'll take anybody any age. If you were ever an extra on this show, please reach out. We have so many questions. So, Amy and Ricky are dancing, and he says, like, I'm bad at dancing, whatever. They start talking about how, like, they've enjoyed all their sexy times, and she's like, well, maybe except for, like, band camp, because I was too nervous, and also, you know, the consensuality. Yeah, maybe a little bit coerced. (laughs) We don't talk about it. Then Amy wants to, like, go check in on John. All right, we go to Jack and Grace. They are dancing together. 
And he's like, oh, I'm so indebted to Daniel for, like, loaning out his, you know, woman for this night. But Daniel's, like, also at the dance. And then he cuts in and starts dancing with Grace. And he says it's, like, nice to be back in high school. I'm just glad we finally have a good representation of polyamory in this show. (laughs) It's about damn time. (laughs) Then we go to Ben and Adrian. They're dancing. And he says, people are talking. And she's like, I don't care. But, like, what are they saying? And he's like, they're talking about how beautiful you are. Fuck she you. Says, <laughs> she says, beautiful enough that you'll sleep with me. And he says, no, I can never hurt you like that again. Amy calls Lauren, who's babysitting John. And John is falling asleep on the couch instead of his own fucking bed, I guess. <laughs> sure. <laughs> And he's, like, in his daytime clothes with just, like, a vape blanket pulled up to his chin. <laughs> so funny. It would have been so easy just to not have him in the seat. Yeah. Um. Also, you can tell that I'm a nanny because I call things daytime clothes. That's what I'd always tell the kids. I'd be like, all right, time to put our daytime clothes on. <laughs> there are two types of clothes. Daytime clothes and pajamas. And that's it. Really? Yeah. What about school clothes? Yeah, those are daytime clothes. What about church clothes? Those are daytime clothes. Well, shocking. Yeah. I've been so. <laughs> Amy sends Jesse to like go to the apartment to, I guess, like fuck Lauren. And the promise of this is so powerful. <laughs> That Lauren begins to sing. (laughs) And she does not stop. And her voice carries all the way to the gymnasium. Where it happens to be on the speakers as the couples slow dance. And Amy and Ricky are dancing. Alright, then we cut to... The basement of a church. Which, this church has, like, red light coming through the stained glass. The Antichrist is alive. (laughs) Oh, I was gonna say, I don't remember this part. Yeah. Anyway, so... Wait. What the... It really... We see, like, the exterior shot of a church. Do we really? And there's, like, there's red light coming through the windows. Yeah, I swear to God. Are you sure that wasn't supposed to be the gym? Yeah, the, the gym has stained glass. Don't you think maybe they were just trying to show the lights of the... I truly no. don't remember this, so I can't comment. So... <laughs> I'm just gaslighting you. No, I'm actually being serious. That did happen. I'm not gaslighting you. Now I don't know what to believe. I'm not. I, I didn't think you were doing that until you said you were. And then I'm, I now you planted the seed of doubt so firmly. But real quick, if you could be the music director of this episode, what would Lauren be singing? To the window, to the wall. To the wow. That's a classic dance song. Brenda Hampton could not be bothered to secure the rights to that. (laughs) She said, what songs were popular during 1940s? It's the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. That's what Lord was singing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think she should have been singing What's Your Fantasy by Ludacris. Featuring Shauna. You haven't mentioned that song in a while. <laughs> I want to see Lauren hearing the door knock and singing, 
I wanna lick, 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 lick you from your head to your toes. Wanna move from the bed down to the down to the, to the floor and when. <laughs> That's called a callback, Aaron. I, I appreciate it. So we go to this church. We're in the basement. It's an AA meeting. Nora stands up and says, I'm oh, Nora. Oh, I do remember this now. <laughs> and I'm an alcoholic. I took my first drink at a dance in high school, and I took my last drink last night. Good and for then Nora. the episode ends. She's the only one I care about, so I hope she does well. Yeah. So which episode this season do you think was nominated for an Emmy, and which was nominated for a GLAAD award? I don't think we're there yet. Can we do that at the end of the season? We'll discuss which episode deserved an Emmy and which episode deserved a GLAAD award. Sure. Cool. All right. That's it. If you want to give us a GLAAD award, my name's Jesse. My name's Aaron. And this has been The Secret Life of Two Gay American Teenagers. You can find us on all of our socials. Um, at your two gay friends on Twitter. Um, you can email at us at um sl with jesse and aaron at gmail.com um you can rate review subscribe on itunes and apple podcasts um you can follow my twitter at go jesse 2k20 um you can follow aaron's bookstagram at no money no prospects um you can follow the show twitter at your two gay friends i think i talked about that one already but you should really just follow that um, yeah. And most of all, um, you should, you know, if you enjoy what we do, we do this out of the goodness of our hearts. Um, we've both suffered crisping depression ever since this started. So if you want to kick some funds our way um, to help us pay for therapy, um, you can subscribe to our Patreon at your two gay friends. Mm-hmm. It's all linked in the description. Jesse just did an incredible job doing that. Thank you. You do it so well every time. I wanted to give you a little break. And now I will yeah, never I do it again it. because that was fucking exhausting. Yeah. You also missed You Can Leave Us a voice memo on Anchor. I don't want them to do that. Okay. I'm just kidding. I would um, love to hear your lovely voices and all of your lovely opinions. Also, I'm getting uh, some cavities filled in the morning, which is why I have to go to bed because it's a very early appointment. But yeah, and I'm getting my ass filled in the morning. I hope that you have a great day and I hope that you remember to brush and floss. I hope that somebody literally licks you from your head to your toes. I hope that Jesse has not traumatized you too much this episode. And I hope that Jesse finds God. Yeah, that's the main one. That's honestly, so. I think that could turn around this whole and podcast. And that's on God. That's on God. Jesse, get to God. Yeah. So, all right. Goodbye. Goodbye. We are recording on Sunday night. Recently, yes. we've been recording on Monday or Tuesdays, most primarily Tuesday nights. Yeah, but why have we been doing that? What's up with that? Honestly, depression. That hurts. I took a three-hour nap yesterday. That's really hot. No, not yesterday. The day before. Not even the day when I helped my friend move. The day before that. Wow. <laughs> I had therapy, and then I said, hmm. I think I might take a nap. Um, my therapist canceled on me and rescheduled for three weeks later. 
So I'm going to be going on five months just raw-dogging life. Um, and also raw-dogging some strangers, but that's because I haven't had therapy recently, and my self-image is very low. 